Blog Talk Radio. It's been a long road getting from there to here. It's been a long time, but my time is finally here. But I can feel a change in the wind right now. Nothing. Good evening, everyone. This is Dr. Jess Armine talking to you from the Bioindividualized Medicine Center here in southeastern Pennsylvania. Our opening song tonight was from uh, the Star Trek uh, TV series Enterprise, and um, I particularly picked that one out because, frankly, uh, it talked about faith of the heart and strength of the soul, okay? And they're talking about, of course, uh, space travel and um, what it takes, what kind of uh, strength it takes to do that. But, you know, we talk to, we treat people with chronic illnesses all the time, and frankly, uh, you all um, have more strength of the soul and strength of the, uh, strength of the soul and faith of the heart than I've ever seen in my life. Okay, I've seen people in abject agony and still putting one foot in front of the other. And... Um, the enterprise theme uh, that we were just listening to speaks to that, and uh, the faith that is shown by um, those people who are ill and those people who are researching to end that illness um, will, in fact, one day um, overcome chronic illness. Anyway, tonight uh, we have a different kind of show uh, in the fact that it is uh, pre-recorded. Uh, we're look, going to talk to Linda Elswood, who is in uh, London, and I recorded this a few days ago, and it's going to be about uh, low-dose naltrexone. So uh, there won't be a Q&A session after this, but uh, there will be on my website uh, the contact information, and um, I hope I don't screw this up, so <laughs> bear with me if uh, if I do, and I have to reset a lot of things. And uh, this is the first time I've ever done a pre-recorded show, so I hope you all enjoy it. So here we go. Good evening, everyone. This is Dr. Jess Armine here at the Bioindividualized Medical Center in southeastern Pennsylvania. We have a very exciting show for you tonight. Uh, we have a very special guest. We're going to be talking about LDN, or low-dose naltrexone, which is being used for uh, the treatment of chronic illnesses. Okay, we have the honor of speaking with Linda Elsgood. Hope I pronounced that right. And she is a leader in the movement to educate patients and doctors about LDN. And if you read about her, and she'll tell 
you her story and what she's been doing, you realize that she is the epitome of the tireless individual, the indefatigable individual uh, that is required to get this type of information out to people. Uh, please understand that this particular this particular interview is being pre-recorded, so there won't won't be any opportunity for live Q and A. But uh, Linda tells me that we'll have a methodology of asking questions or getting more information that she'll cue you in towards the end of the lecture. So welcome, Linda. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you very much for inviting me. It is our honor. So please, tell us your story. Okay. My life was okay. Um, I was working full-time. I had two children, so I, I ran the home, saw to all the the cooking, the cleaning, the gardening, the decorating, working. I was Wonder Woman. I thought I could do anything. Um, I was a bank manager at the time. And as I say, life was fine. I was healthy, which I took for granted. And one day I came home from work and my father phoned. Now, my father never, ever phoned. He didn't like the phone. And he said, your mother's had a heart attack. She's now going in the ambulance. And I literally just got in. I'd taken my coat off. I put my coat back on to, to get to the hospital. My father was in a wheelchair and uh, the ambulance people wouldn't take him with my mother because he had to have somebody to look after him when he got there. So I said, well, tell them to take you. I will be on my way. And this was Christmas um, 2000. And um, it was icy. It had been snowing. The roads were terrible. It would normally have taken me about an hour and a half to drive there, but it took a good two hours. Now, my mother uh, had had some um, medication to keep her alive it was a very major heart attack and I sat beside her bed I'm an only child my husband came and, and took my father home um, because they wouldn't let him stay overnight in case there was a fire or whatever um, but I had it in my mind that if I held my mother's hand and sat with her she would be fine if I went to sleep she would go to sleep and that would be it so I kept myself awake for 48 hours, which is rather silly, but it did make sense to me at the time. And uh, my mother came home. Um, she had to have somebody look after her, so I had both my parents here with me. I was had to go back to work. Um, a friend of mine was a nurse, and she came and helped look after my parents, and I was tired. I was so unbelievably tired. And then I started to get ill. Different things were happening to me. Um, my leg became numb. I had this awful fatigue. I didn't really have energy to do anything. So what happened then? I said to my husband, I'm just having this. I had flu. I had gastroenteritis. I was just sick, sick, sick. I want to go away. I want to go away, have a vacation come back and I'll feel fine he couldn't come he was working so I took my youngest daughter and while we were on holiday we went to um, Portugal and it should have been hot it was Easter time but it was freezing cold and it was raining so 
we decided that we could either stay in or walk out in the rain. So we, we went in the rain. And the left-hand side of my face was numb, um, as, as if I'd had a, a filling. And I couldn't understand why I had this numbness on my face. And the left-hand side of my tongue felt as though I'd eaten some cheese and it had melted and, and burnt my tongue. So we managed and luckily we were only away for a week and when I came back I went to see my neurologist and or saw a neurologist who then became my neurologist who said uh, he thought I had had um, a mild stroke that um, I had a, a, a foreign disease of, of some kind or I'd got MS um, I didn't really like any of those options. I would have liked I, something I that... I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, a brain tumour. That was the other thing, a oh, brain that, tumour. That's, that's even better. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted something where he could say, you know, here's a pill, go home, and you, you're going to be fine. So it, it, it went on, and I was just so tired. I, I couldn't cope with working five days a week. So I, I went part-time. I uh, only worked four days a week, but that didn't make any difference. And then I got double vision. I lost my hearing in my left ear, and at which point I could not move. Um, so I had to give in. I couldn't go to work. I couldn't move. And I had an MRI, a lumbar puncture, and was told it was MS. I had uh, a three-day course of intravenous steroids, and six weeks later I was given another course of intravenous steroids because they thought... I was going to lose my hearing and my eyesight completely, which made me put on so much weight. I'm a pale person and my face was like a, a red beach ball. It was <laughs> it was unbelievable. I didn't look like myself. But uh, the second course of steroids didn't work. But at that time, I, I was so ill. When I say ill, I was on the toilet the whole time. I, mm. I didn't have any... Um, bladder control my bowels I know it, it's not the done thing to talk about one's bowels but uh, to That's explain okay. we talk about people <laughs> all the time it's like it a major subject all the time yeah it, it was like sneezing you know how you feel a sneeze coming and you go uh uh chew but it was like that from my bowels Ooh, and okay. there was there was no control at all it would be a case of it's going to happen and boom it, it would happen. So you, you don't want to leave the house and, sure. until that happens because it happened every day, but never at the same time, which would have been more convenient. But I had no balance. I had to furniture walk. People with MS will know what I mean by furniture walking. But I would trip. I would stumble over nothing. Um, I had very bad vertigo. So if I turned my head too quickly, everything would spin. And my legs became as though they were rubber bands, so I used to bounce a lot. So trying to move, I ended up on the floor most of the time through one reason or another. But the left-hand side, this numbness on my face and my tongue spread. And after a few weeks, you could draw a line right down my face, half my, my nose, my tongue, my cheek, my chest. The whole left-hand side was numb with pins and needles, but numb in a way that any clothing or bedding that touched was really, really painful. And on top of that, I had twitching muscles and I had burning limbs, like you had sunburn and 
oh, they used to be on fire. And I used to say to my husband, feel my legs, they're on fire. I don't want to feel your legs. Oh, please, please just feel my legs. Oh, they are that's so a, hot. That's a I know. <laughs> when you're I don't want to feel your legs. When you're dating, they want to feel your legs. But after exactly. you're married, forget about it. <laughs> so he would feel my legs and say, what are you talking about? Your legs are cold. But to me, they were, you know, they were on fire. So, and then, cognitively, oh my goodness, English became my second language. I couldn't recall vocabulary. Everything was foggy. Um, I would try and, I would say, could, could you make me a cup of tea? I never, ever drink tea. I only drink coffee. So my husband would say, well, don't you mean coffee? And I'd say, well, didn't I say coffee? No. Well, can you let the cat out? He wants to go to the toilet. Don't you mean the dog? Well, didn't I say dog? Why do you have to? You know, you're depressing me. Please don't keep correcting me. I think I'm saying it right. And it's really depressing. So he would say to me, I'm telling you so you'll know for next time. Well, no, it doesn't work like that because I think I'm saying it correctly anyway. You know, next time I could call the the dog a duck and still think I'd call it a dog. But it was depressing. So every time I I spoke, he was correcting me. And then I started to get where I was choking on my food. So every time I swallowed something, he'd come and hit me on the back, and it didn't really, <laughs> didn't really help either. And the only way I could speak to try and make sense, because everything was so muddled in my head, I had to speak slowly. So I sounded as though I'd had a stroke, because it was such a struggle. It was so tiring to try and get together the information to make a sentence, which to me made sense, but it... it it didn't to other people. And then I, I couldn't uh, find the mouth. Simple thing. Um, my daughter used to have to put the cup to my mouth because I couldn't find where my mouth was. Only saving grace was I slept most of the time. I was asleep about 20 hours a day. I was only awake <clears throat> for like four hours, which was marvellous because I didn't, I didn't feel anything while I was asleep. But, and I also had pains in my head, really bad pains. Mm. And I, I, I do believe the doctors thought I was um, making it up. It, it used to be a pain the size of the top of a wine glass. Sometimes it would be at the front right, sometimes the back left. It would move, but the pain was so intense, it used to make me feel nauseous, wow. so nauseous. Um, I was given some very strong painkillers, which made the pain bearable. It didn't remove it. It made it bearable. But the nausea was even worse. It was really bad. And I had optic neuritis where I felt as though somebody, you know, stuck a pencil in my eye to move my eyeball up, down, left or right. Really, really painful. Mm -hmm. And I was in a wheelchair. I could, uh, as I say, furniture walk in the house and falling over, but outside of the house I had to use a, a wheelchair. And at this point, um, we, we're going, moving forward now. It was um, October 2003, and I went to see my neurologist, and he examined me. He sat down, he looked at me, he leant across the desk, held his hand out, shook hands with me, and said, I'm really sorry to tell you, you're secondary progressive now got up, opened the door and said, there's nothing more we can do for you and showed me out. Oh, I'm surprised Uh, they didn't use a catapult. It was awful. I I bet it was. I sat in the car and I said to my husband, 
He may as well have said, go home and die quietly. Don't make a fuss. You're an embarrassment. You know, there was no plan B. There was nothing anybody could do to help me. It was awful. I felt totally alone, frightened, um, because I couldn't live my life like that. Um, One day the doctor came out to see me and bought me some more painkillers. I was in the house on my own and the doctor very kindly went and fetched me a a glass of water and he left. My neighbour was uh, keeping his eye on me Mm -hmm. and my husband was working. And I thought the thing that really got to me was the look in everybody's eyes, family and friends. They all felt helpless. They all wanted to help me. And there was nothing that anyone could do. And to see that in their eyes was awful. Mm. I'm sorry. Okay. Take a deep breath. So um, It's a a tough story. I understand. mm, So I'd got the tablets. And I thought that my family would understand if I took them. They would know why. And at least that way, everybody, once they got over the shock, could be able to get their lives back. Rather than me just lying there, the days passing without me (coughs) participating. I I couldn't do anything. I couldn't achieve anything. Anything I wanted to do, I couldn't do. I felt a complete and utter failure. Take a breath, kid. Relax, relax. Okay. We really appreciate you sharing your story with us because I know how much this hurts. And then I luckily uh, managed to think who was going to find me. And it would have been my 15-year-old daughter. Okay. And I couldn't do that to her. So the only option was to fight it, to do something that I could actually live again. So in between my many toilet visits, I used to sit on the computer. I I thought there must be other people out there. I couldn't be so unique that I was the only one who ever felt like this. And uh, I I found LDN, and uh, I found some people that were taking it. And luckily, some of these people were willing to talk to me, and everybody said the same, that if it wasn't going to do me any good, it wasn't going to do me any harm. I printed out all the information I had and, and went to see my own doctor who had retired um, by then. I had a, a nice new young lady doctor who was very kind and understanding and she said she was going to give the information to the partners and would I go back in two weeks. I went back and she said uh, she wasn't able to prescribe it for me but if it was me, if it was her she would like to try it so if I could find somebody who would prescribe it for me she would be happy to monitor me 
Now, I found a doctor who would describe it for me. And amazingly, in three weeks, this awful feeling of having fog in my head where I couldn't think, like living in a television set that wasn't tuned in, all that came back in three weeks. And it was just amazing. I could think again. And being able to think clearly was such a big deal. I, w- I wasn't talking rubbish anymore. Although my husband so you were speaking coherently? Yes. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. But my husband still says I talk rubbish. <laughs> oh, that, that's because he's your husband. That's the same thing goes with the legs and everything. You know? Exactly. <laughs> Tell them we know what's, we know what's going on. It's true, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was three weeks, and and that was totally amazing. Now my daughter, um, when she was fifteen, she spent the whole of the the summer holiday looking after me, washing me, feeding me, um, washing my hair. It was role reversal, you know. Put your head back, close your eyes. You'll be getting soap. Ne- you know, never, you'll never argue with a, a no. daughter that loves you. <laughs> Never argue with it. And guess what she is now? She's a nurse. Oh, boy, that's a surprise. Yeah. A yeah. yeah. And she's uh, she worked on a stroke unit for 18 months, and now she's trained to be a nurse practitioner. Wonderful. So, but she was very good at looking after me. But uh, I, I, I gradually got my balance back. Now, if you think I'd been years of not being able to carry anything because of the furniture walking and the falling over I was on the floor I mean carrying a glass with anything in it would have just been too dangerous and one day she said to me could you get me a glass of orange juice and I thought I haven't fallen over for a while I think I can do this so it was all in slow motion going to the cupboard getting the glass out putting it down opening the fridge pouring the orange juice in taking it to her Uh, I didn't fill it right up in case I spilt it but anyway I took it to her and I came back and I said to my husband I've just taken Laura a glass of orange juice and I didn't spill it you know it was to me that was the first really really big thing that I'd done I'd achieved something you know it was such a big deal that is beyond a big deal yeah she didn't know how cognitively I thought I was suffering from some form of Alzheimer's. I thought everything was going to go. You know, the only thing I'd got left was my memory and it, that was slipping away from me. And that was my biggest fear that I was just going to lose myself completely. Mm-hmm. She came in with the empty glass and put it on the, the countertop and said, it was very kind of you to bring me a glass, Mum, but you didn't put any orange in it. Now, because my state of mind had been so bad, I believed her and not myself. I thought I had imagined putting that orange in there and I just burst into tears and thinking, well, that's it, you know. <laughs> I've really lost it. And she was saying, no, was no, 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 no. Was it a it's joke? It's a joke, yeah. Ah, it's a joke, ah, yeah. It's ah, a joke. Ah, 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 and that really backfired on her. <laughs> But now if she tried that, I would know. Oh, gosh, that's beautiful. (laughs) Honestly, I believed her and not myself. Well, you had good reason to, and and she had good reason to 
to play with you a little bit and make you giggle. That's great. Yeah. So, I had two choices then. Um, LDN just I was getting better and better, and I, I carried on improving for 18 months. What was I going to do after being told there was nothing more that could do for me and life wasn't worth living, and suddenly it was again? Did I say, I'm okay? Aren't I the lucky one? Or do I tell other people who have been told there's nothing more that can do for you who are in that really deep, dark place who perhaps didn't have the strength to carry on like I did? So I decided I wanted to tell everybody, you know, that it's not a miracle drug, it's not a cure, it doesn't help everybody, but it's something that you could try. So... uh it took five months, and in actual fact, last week, the LDN Research Trust was established ten years ago. So that was a, a, a big milestone. And we've helped over 14,000 people around the world um, get LDN. LDN can work for any condition that has a, an autoimmune component, and so far there's 174 conditions that we know of that people have tried LDN for. Let's, let's go back a little bit if we could. We can. Um, would you explain to our audience what exactly low-dose naltrexone is? Okay. Naltrexone in its full strength was used um, for heroin and drug addiction back in the late 70s, early 80s. But used in low doses, it helps according to Dr. Ian Zagon, who did lots of studies of um, LDN back in the late 70s, early 80s, it helps regulate a dysfunctional immune system. And Dr. Bernard Bahari was using it in his um, practice for AIDS, and a friend of his had got a daughter who had got MS, and he decided that he would try it on this uh, young lady, and it worked very well. And um, she was on it for many years. She did actually stop after a while, thinking that she'd been misdiagnosed and her MS wasn't really MS after all. And when she stopped, she relapsed. Um, mm. Yeah. But Dr. Bahari had been using LDN for many conditions, um, cancer too. But that's the problem uh, with LDN. When you say it can be used for all these different conditions. It loses some credibility because it sounds like it's too good to be true. It sounds like a panacea, and any, anything that's considered a panacea has um, veracity problems. Yes, exactly. Um, but naltrexone, when it was trialed in its full strength and people were taking it 50 milligram tablets three times a day, so it was 150 milligrams, that was found safe. It was only harmful to the liver in doses of 300 milligrams a day. And with LDN, which stands for low-dose naltrexone, people normally take around 3 milligrams or 4.5. So it's a very low dose. In your opinion, and, mm -hmm. and, and I'm not going to hold you to this because you know, I, I realized that in the research that I did for our, uh, our um, talk here that uh, nobody really knows the exact mechanism on how this works. Uh, but in your opinion, what do you think it's doing? Okay. Um, 
it helps boost endorphins and it also helps with the toll-like receptors. So there's two different mechanisms there and there are many YouTube videos um, from LDM prescribing doctors and scientists explaining how they think that LDM works. But people who um, start on LDN start on a very low dose, um, usually around about 1.5 milligrams, and titrate it up by 0.5 every two weeks. Mm-hmm. This is changed. Before 2005, people were starting on 3 milligrams. 3 milligrams was too high for some people. was always going to be too high. Some people were dropping out. But by starting on a lower dose and increasing it gradually, that fallout rate has really dropped. And there are different forms in which you can have LDN now. Initially, it was just capsules. Um, but some people had problems with their stomach. They could get um, very bad nausea and diarrhea, especially people with Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. So there is now um, the capsules. We have a, a liquid and there's some sublingual drops, which is relatively new. Um, I think the first was about August last year and that's absorbed differently which bypasses the stomach so for those people that had problems with um, stomach issues that's now no longer a problem uh, years ago it was told you could only take it at night because that's when your body makes um, more endorphins um, but so many doctors have found that it did cause sleep issues with some people and they tell their patients to try it in the morning and they still get very good benefits but full studies and trials are needed to find out further information on LDN and it it isn't um, weight related because uh, we have many men that can't take three milligrams and these are big men and you get a very small lady who can take 4.5 milligrams, no problem. So we need to, to know that. I'm getting the impression that um, that this can support or be effective in a myriad of autoimmune conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your experience in talking to people, and again, I know we're you know we have our limitations of what we can talk about, uh, only because we have to be careful about the men in black going to show up at our doors, okay. But um, in raising awareness about LDN, people are still very diagnostically oriented. Like I have X, what can you do for it? Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that in your experience and what you've seen you interact with a lot of people obviously mm-hmm. uh, what have you seen I know it doesn't work with everybody so now that I've did all those caveats yep. okay mm-hmm. what are the things that you've seen it works best for okay um, Crohn's is a, a really good one uh, psoriasis amazing um, cases of psoriasis 
but with psoriasis, people have to be patient. I mean, there are people who will say that they noticed improvements after the first week. But normally with psoriasis, I would say it takes about six months. And you know how angry psoriasis looks and red and yes. scabby. After six months, normally it starts to look like skin colour and it, it then just all fades. It, to me, just is amazing. It's like rubbed out. It's like normal skin. Um, and I had a lady who had alopecia and she had... A, and, and the thing, I mean, banking was my thing. I, I wasn't medical. Um, I had a first aid certificate. That was my whole knowledge of, of medical conditions. But um, this lady had alopecia. She also had Crohn's-type symptoms. Um, she had arthritic symptoms. Uh, she was a mess, and she was a young girl, very, very pretty. And she had a, a high-powered job, and uh, her consultant said to her when she was saying that, you know, her hair, she was losing it. Initially, she had a little velvety spot that she used to rub that she thought was quite cute, but the velvety spot spread and slowly all her hair was just falling out and her consultant said to her that there was some very pretty scarves out there these days and she was in her <laughs> early 20s yes she was horrified doctor and it she, hurts when i do this and don't do it <laughs> yeah she, she lost her eyebrows she lost her eyelashes and she said that she lost her whole identity she'd look in the mirror and she'd gone you know she, she wasn't there I understand. and she thought, similar to, to myself, that th there must be some link here. And she realized everything she had was probably autoimmune. And she found LDN and started it. And slowly, her hair came back. Can you believe her hair came back? I, she I, be was I believe anything you tell me because I, <laughs> I've seen miracles happen. I really have. And she had, um, her hair came back black and white like or black and grey mottled even though she was young and people thought she'd had this really expensive colour job done on her hair and she thought it was quite trendy and, and left it as it was it didn't come back the same texture it was finer more like baby hair very, very but she but she had her like hair back almost like after chemotherapy comes back like yeah that. yeah yeah but she got her hair back and to her that was just absolutely mind-blowing so but I had a... Sorry. No, no, no. It, it, it sounds to me that um, if you have a chronic illness, especially in the immunological range, like the auto, autoimmune or whatever you want to... however you want to put it, mm -hmm. uh, that LDN sounds like it might be worth a try. Uh, what are the risk-benefit factors? Are there any risks using LDN? No, it's... Um as I say, it was only found harmful naltrexone if you took 300 milligrams a day. So it's, it's a safe drug. And um, it's such a low dose. Yes, yes. It's not toxic. And, it's, of course, it's very in, inexpensive. Um, people in the States pay around about $26 a month. Really? Yeah. It, it's not an expensive drug, but it's out of patent. So um, drug companies are not interested in trialing it. 
because there's no profit, but there is a, a company set up now called um, TNI Biotech, and they're planning some trials and studies to get LDN out there, and they have promised that LDN would never be more than a dollar a day. Wow, that's that's uh, that's pretty amazing for anybody in the pharmaceutical industry to even uh, say, mm. because uh, uh, here in America, the more the better. Yeah. The more money they can charge for it, the better. And we have a new medical advisor called Dr. Pradeep Chopra, and he's from Rhode Island. Amazing man. Um, as I say, he's a pain specialist. He uses LDN. And you can listen to the interviews on the LDN Research Trust YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Very amazing that we've had 132,000 video views wow. so far. Yeah, I mean... You were very... Sorry? No, no, no. I was was saying you were very kind to send me a bunch of links that I'll be (laughs) putting on my website. Is that link included in there? It is, or it should be. Okay, no problem. Uh, But he has patients come to him. He's the last in the line. People with fibromyalgia, neuropathy, um, regional, regional pain syndrome... People that have been on morphine and fentanyl patches and their pain is still in between a 9 and a 10 every day. These are people that have to live with such bad pain and there's nothing. And he decided he would say to these um, patients that he would like them to try LDN if they were willing to give up all their narcotics because you can't take LDN with, with a narcotic. Okay. And um, they all said, well, yes, that's fine. I'm probably sure not all of them said that, but the of ones that he, he was talking <laughs> to me about, yeah, that they weren't working anyway. So he weaned them off, which is quite a complex thing, and nobody should ever stop taking any painkillers without medical supervision. Agreed. So he got them off the, these medications and started them on LDN, and he said to me that they came back and the feedback he got was that the pain was bearable. It was still there, but it was bearable. Or it had reduced from what it was. You know, it hadn't gone. So he wanted to know whether it was placebo that he told these people that it was going to work on their pain, whether, you know, it was actually the LDN or mind over matter. So he said to them, okay, you've been on LDN now for this many weeks. Um, I'd like you to stop taking it. And he said, without exception, every single one said, you're not stopping the LDN. It's the only thing that's ever worked for me. And he's done one small pilot study on um, LDN, which he presented at the LDN conference in Chicago. Amazing absolutely amazing that something so so minuscule can have a better effect than these people were having with morphine absolutely unbelievable and I had um, one doctor I met and unfortunately both him um, his wife and daughter had MS and he wanted um, them to try LDN and he was also a diabetic and had um, neuropathy he had no feeling in his toes apart from pain. Um, awful. And he tried LDN 
and I think he said in 30 years the pain that he'd had in his feet had virtually gone it, it was no problem to him and that was the first time that I'd actually spoken to somebody and this was all around about 2008 I think that people had told me about LDN for the pain now for myself I didn't finish completing my story did I no, the, num- on, the, the numbness and pins and needles went. The vertigo went. The balance problems went. I had my bowel and bladder control back. Cognitive things cleared. Um, my eyesight is not as good as it was, but it's it's okay. The hearing in my left ear is back probably 75 of the time and it's amazing I can achieve things I know I've got MS I'm, I'm not back to how I used to be but if I plan things and pace myself I can do anything which is you know which really is called amazing having a life isn't it it is called having a life and, and I am so impressed I really am you, got, I said, you, got, you have tears in my eyes right now. <laughs> and I set up the charity in such a way that nobody would ever get paid. So I, I work without any pay. But my payment is when people... I've helped somebody get LDN who's found it very difficult and they've mm-hmm. been on it for a while. And they come back and say, thank you so much, I feel like me again. Or I feel I've been given a second chance. Or I feel I've been given my life back. That is just intoxicating. It is. it is just it is. amazing. Absolutely and if amazing. And if your <clears throat> suffering was to have any meaning, that you've taken that suffering and served your fellow human beings in, in this particular and very expansive manner. You know, I, I always tell people, when I meet people like you, I, I always say that God has a special place roped off in heaven for you guys. You <laughs> know, because it's true. Uh, I, I know the questions are going to be, <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> is this a uh, prescribed drug? Does it need to be prescribed by a medical physician? Yes, it does. Yes, okay. it's a prescription-only drug. Is there a listing of physicians that people can access, uh, whether it's in UK or the U- or United States or Canada? Uh, is there a listing of physicians who are willing to work with people with LDN? Yes, yes there are. Um, some don't mind having their information out there. Others would rather operate under the radar I do have (laughs) I do have a list and if anybody is interested and would like to find uh, a doctor in their area if they email me um, it's very easy I have a short email address uh, which is linda l-i-n-d-a at l-d-n-r-t dot org and I'm more than willing to help anybody wherever they live to find a, a doctor and I will I will put that on uh, during the show and I will have it on my uh, on my website um, it doesn't sound like it's expensive it sounds no. like the risk benefit factor is very low risk all benefit sounds like it handles the uh, the inflammatory portion of many many different conditions uh, which is which is a beautiful thing uh, there is uh, indications in what I've read that there are conferences coming up. There are uh, stuff like that that you're involved in. Can yes. you tell us a little bit about that? 
Well, we had one, as, as I referred to earlier, last year in Chicago. And for your listeners, if they would like to, to watch the whole um, conference, is in separate parts from, from each speaker. There are 12 parts. Um, if they go to, if they put in um, the search bar, ldn2013.com, it will take them to a site where you have to pay to watch it. We need to get the money back from um, <laughs> the outlay that we, we spent. That's, that's reasonable. That's reasonable. Um, About how much it, is it? It should be $40, but if they put in the code JESS, J-E-S-S, 2014, they will get 25% off, so it will cost $30 instead of the 40 Well, thank you so much. You know, that's going to be that's going to be a beautiful thing for people to listen to. It's and amazing. That's re- and that's a reasonable price, and like yeah. you said, it's it's there to cover cover costs. Yes. We have Dr. Pradeep Chopra talking about pain there. We had Dr. Jill Smith. If anybody knows anything about the Crohn's, she's um, done Crohn's research. She's done two LDN studies with Crohn's. Absolutely amazing where, um, where she's done an endoscopy and seen what people's intestines are like. Crohn's is all ulcers. Absolutely awful. Five months later, absolutely clear like to the back of somebody's throat. That's uh, we had, mm, um Dr. Deanna Windham from the Whitaker Wellness Centre and she explained herself had lupus, systemic lupus. She should have died uh, if it hadn't have been uh, through LDN. But she uses it in her practice for many different autoimmune conditions and with children as well. And I forgot to say, LDN is also used for uh, autism and a cream is applied to the skin for that, which works really well. Um, Dr. Jacqueline McCandler um, did some studies with LDN for autism. And she also, her and her husband, did studies for HIV in Mali, which is also uh, a a very exciting project that uh, was happening there. Um, Anyway, (laughs) there's so much to tell you. But um, so last year the conference was very good, and we had Dr. Berkson talking about LDN for for cancer. Uh, We had uh, Paul Battle. speaking about MS amongst other things uh, had um, Dr. Patrick Crowley from Ireland and Dr. Tom Gilhooley from Scotland it was amazing and the air was electric you could actually feel it crackle it was amazing and we have another one this year um, it's going to be in Las Vegas mm. we're having uh, a networking party on the 6th which is a Thursday evening, 7 to 9, and the conference is going to be held over two days next time because really we were all just so tired. And when is the conference in Las Vegas? It's going to be November and it will be the 7th and 8th, which is going to be a Friday and a Saturday. I'm going to do my best to come. That would be amazing. That would be wonderful. We would be honoured to have you. We'd be honoured to meet you guys. That is wonderful. So we have uh, just a few minutes left. Believe it or not, the hour went rather quickly, didn't it? (laughs) It did. (laughs) I told you I can talk. No, it's good. You were worried about being able to cover stuff. And I said, no, 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 you'll just do it. Okay. Do you have any parting words, anything that you'd like to give as advice to someone out there who may have a chronic problem, um, 
how should they go about investigating whether LDN may be a possible treatment? How should they approach their healthcare practitioner and so okay. forth? Well, we have a inf- doctor's information pack that we always say to people, you know, print it off, take it to your doctor. Um, they need to research it. I mean, there are some doctors that now have heard of LDN. I think it's a case of if they specialize in a condition, be it fibromyalgia or mm-hmm. Crohn's or, or something, the patients are educating the doctors, you know. Oh, yes. Like, you're the sixth person that's asked me for LDA. <laughs> and they eventually um, look into it. But I would always say to people, don't take my word for it. Don't take anybody else's word for it. Do your own research. Of course. Read up as much as you can and find out if it's something that, you know, you think is right for you. I, w- I want to... Um reiterate the fact that <clears throat> excuse me that the grassroots movement the patients telling the doctors what they want and what is that the doctor should learn is catching on let me tell you something uh, you can the reason I have a lot of physicians who I mentor right now is because their patients have been haranguing them saying you have to know this stuff I'm getting better because of what Dr. So-and-so is doing because he understands XX and X. How come you don't? Six months ago, that doctor would have just said that's not important, and then they learned that it was. Good doctors will look to train. Other doctors will continue to um, ignore it and, uh, and you know, poo-poo it away, in which case you change doctors because, let's face it, uh, especially in most areas of the country, especially here in Philadelphia, you can't swing a dead cat and not hit a doctor. Okay, so they're not the only game in town. Mm-hmm. You deserve to be treated well and with respect and with knowledge. And you should demand that your doctors do the appropriate training, okay, and this is how you bring them the information. Okay, so organizations like Linda's are invaluable because guess what? Now you have ammunition, now you have ammunition, now you have information to say, hey, this might work. Okay, there's no risk, there's only benefit, let's try it. And if it's helping me, great. If not, you know, no harm, no foul. Mm-hmm. And I think people should try something sooner rather than later because things like, uh, with a, I mean, myself, I've not, 18 months on LDN and I was improving I've stabilized and prior to that I was deteriorating rapidly it's a progressive disease but it is it it's is. halted the disease I have now been on LDN it was 10 years uh, on the 3rd of December last year and honestly I have had no progression in that time and I'm touching wood here because I don't want to no, talk you're, anything you're something, and the bottom line truly is if this particular substance gets you to a certain plateau point. And even if you had to take it every day, like you said, it's about a dollar a day, mm-hmm. as opposed to some neuropsychiatric medicines that are about a $1,000 a month. Okay? So, yeah. again, even if it isn't the total answer and you have a chronic condition that cannot be cured, it can be managed and can be managed more effectively. And you can have a life rather than 
in existence. Yes. Yes. Linda, I want to thank you so much for being on our show tonight and sharing your knowledge and sharing your story, uh, sharing your struggles. Um, you've given me several uh, email addresses and links which will appear on my website. Uh, I can't tell you that uh, giving of yourself in this manner, uh, you're going to be helping hundreds and thousands of more people because this will spread the awareness of LDN. Uh, I learned a lot myself tonight. I just want to take the time to thank you for your story, thank you for you, and thank you for all your hard work. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. Okay. Take care. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, I think that was it. That is the entire show. Um, well, everyone, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, that was an incredible story that Linda told us. It was a pre-recorded interview uh, because of the time difference between here in London, where she resides. I uh, hope that everybody learned a lot about LDN, and um, I will put those links onto the website or on my and probably also on my uh, my Facebook page. Uh, and you know, there are certain things that we don't know how they work, and we know that they're not hurting. So it may be that in certain instances it's worth trying something uh, if you can get um, a physician to work with you. And uh, that's one of the reasons that we bring you these various subjects each week because chronic illness, even though it has commonalities, okay, let's face it, there's a lot of chronic illness out there. And we need to know the breadth, the length and breadth of what is available to heal us. And again, these are the reasons for the shows. Next week, I will be doing a show on the immune system as per several requests that I got from um, you guys. And this is not going to be a um, complicated lecture. I'm going to give uh, the immune system uh, 101 course, and it is going to be informative, and frankly, it's going to be funny. So uh, if you like comedy, if you like to see me mispronounce words and uh, give you how the immune system works. Next week is for you. I've been working on the uh, PowerPoint um, all this week, and i still got plenty to go. So I really invite you to be here again next week. Here at the uh, Center for Bioindividualized Medicine, uh, very soon we're going to have um, one or two medical physicians joining us, and our ability to do more and different uh, therapies is going to be enhanced. Uh, nutritional IVs, uh, bio-indivi- bioindividualized medicine, good jest. Uh, <laughs> bioidentical hormones, okay, and we will be introducing you to those physicians and um, letting you know how you can access their expertise in the future. Again, um, everybody knows that if um, you have a condition that you have been suffering with, and you kind of don't know where to go, uh, it usually puts it directly in our court. And if you would like to get a consultation or if you'd like to get a get acquainted session just to see if we can help you, please uh, call our office at 610-449-9716. 
and speak with Megan, and she can put you in touch with either Sean or I. And um, that's about it. I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thank you for your attention. Uh, if you have any questions, please email me or email Linda, and I'd be happy to uh, try and answer them for you. Have a great week. I look forward to speaking to you again next week. It's been a long road Getting from there to here It's been a long time But my time is finally here I can feel the change in the way right now Nothing's in my way Thank you.